0: to the latest episode of Fragments, the podcast from the Centre for Blast Injury Studies at Imperial College London. Today we're at the Royal British Legion's headquarters in London and we're talking about the Thank You 100 movement. We're
1: here with Catherine from the Royal British Legion. Hello. Uh, um, you have to introduce yourself a little
2: bit? And... So my name is Catherine Davis and I'm the Head of Remembrance for the Royal British Legion and I'm working on a thank you campaign for this year.
1: I think one of the things that's really important how do we get people involved? What What's going on over the remembrance period that people can get involved in?
2: So we've got um, a website called rbl.org.uk forward slash thank you which will give you um, ideas on ways to get involved and information on events that are happening that you can get involved with. and. Um, Thank You is the Royal British Legion leading a campaign to start a movement for everybody to say thank you and find their reason to say thank you to their to the First World War generation. And the point is that from you can do something as simple as a tweet. Um, we have a website called Everyone Remembered, which you can find on our Thank You website, uh, where all those that were lost during the First World War uh, can be remembered, uh, so you can go on and remember some of those. You can host your own First World War event, um, you can attend a remembrance uh, event on Sunday the 11th, which is an incredibly, um, is I think going to be an incredibly poignant day, as it is the actual centenary at 11 o'clock on the 11th of 2018, so that that. that and I think the the cenotaph and those remembrance parades on that particular Sunday are are going to have a, a special sort of poignancy mm-hmm. to that first world War generation. You can get in touch with us've got um, We've created with the National Literary Trust a set of uh, thank you lesson plans and assembly packs so the schools can get involved at key stage two, three, and four all of the materials are downloadable on both our website and the National Literary Trust website so that you can bring all of your um, school into the Thank You movement and also there is so much, it's almost <laughs> impossible.
1: as simple as talking about
2: it. Talking about um, it, you know. It
1: spreads it, awareness, doesn't
2: it? Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, we've been, we're trying to, we, we're at Diwali in the Square, which is something we're particularly proud of. Um, which is on Sunday the 20, I want to say the 28th, but it may be the 29th of October. And um, so the Royal British Legion are going to have a presence there. And we've created a special poppy this year called the Cardi poppy, which is made of Cardi material um, and is a a sort of limited edition um, poppy for the pre-partition Indian community to acknowledge that contribution to the First World War because it was, I've got it written down because my my memory is not what it used to be, but it's over a million Indian servicemen came and assisted in our hour of need. But, you know, it was 3.7 million tonnes of supplies from India, 40 field ambulances, six clearing hospitals, 2327 doctors and 720 nursing orderlies just to give you some stats of the contribution from pre-partition india you know from the caribbean they gave us 54 million pounds worth of aid including food oil nine airplanes and 11 ambulances wow. it's just extraordinary and these are you know facts and pieces of information that we don't talk about, yeah. and that we but sort of aren't acknowledged as well as they should be in the overall picture.
1: they yeah. really help people to integrate. I think we're such a multicultural country, and I mean, being being Indian myself, I know so many people who just they're like, oh well, it's gonna remembrance doesn't mean anything to us we're not English. It's like, but we're part of the Commonwealth, and I think.
2: And it, the poppy is a symbol for
1: for everyone, yeah. and I think I think it's. as you were talking I didn't know about the special poppy but in my head I'm like I know that members of my family are going to want one so I'm going to be on them you know having a look and and I think it's it's like it's that personalisation isn't it to get everyone in into the group into the community
2: and that's yes and it's what we're starting to try to do and we're working with an amazing um, organisation called British Future um, on a project called Remember Together in I think it's four pilots this year, and we're in Walthamstow, Bradford, Derby, and Birmingham. And in Walthamstow, Derby, and Bradford, it's about bringing school children together from two different communities, and then partaking in an activity together, creating a poppy, and then on Remembrance Sunday, going together to their local Remembrance service. It's that, it's for everyone. And it's there for you, and making it accessible, and just trying to break, highlight the sil- the similarities. You know, and as humans, we all suffer loss on some level. Sadly, you know, it is part of life. That, and then in Birmingham, um, they've got a, um, a an imam's sort of seminar happening, and they're going to. Um, and Imam is going to talk to them about how they can weave some messages about remembrance into the Friday service before Remembrance Sunday and sort of encourage those dialogues and and that reflection within those communities. So they're small steps but really important steps if we're going to build a really cohesive society. And I think that's one of the most important things about remembrance. It's it's acknowledging that sacrifice and acknowledging what people are doing on our behalf and, and thanking them for that but it, it has a societal good and cohesion which is very important especially in current times.
0: Uh, so I was going to say that's really refreshing to hear my um not the British Legion but like the BBC and the Imperial War they had such a good chance to tell all these kinds of stories four years ago and it's still with like white men on western front and nothing else has changed it's, it's so hard to, out to get up that trench yeah. and it's
2: such a simple image isn't it so it's, yeah. it's quick telling
0: yeah and we could have told all these stories four years ago and they could be kind of more embedded than they are now but it's yeah no one bothered to do it. we've just had the same kind of thing we've been teaching for 50 years
2: we've been working with some historians but trying to find some of the stories and, and to get some people thinking slightly differently was quite hard and so to get some accurate information and narratives around some of the African stories has been quite challenging. We have found that we've been working with Diversity House and they've been incredibly helpful but it is harder to get the records of some and and a lot of that hasn't been as well kept as I'm sure you can attest and that makes it harder and they weren't photographed as much and of these sorts of things so that the visual imagery isn't isn't there to the same extent which is
0: it helps it to make it a lot more personal doesn't it if you can show a photo of yes but we were talking about that before we came in actually i have been looking for statistics for different countries and it you get through a few of them and then you get it into you and it just stops you get a, i think there's a vague idea of how many were killed how many were wounded but that's that's it but every other country you can go oh this kind of wounded and this kind of wounded, this is what happened to them i
1: mean i i think that people who are running the world like are into things feel like I don't know how it would work in an ideal world. I think they should all have done history because sometimes I look at it and I'm, I'm not a historian and I'm yeah I'm sitting here looking like this has happened before. Why haven't we learned from our past? And I guess times like remembrance are the times that we can really make a point of learning from our past.
2: That's very much where we're coming from in terms of education because what we started to understand is that the Second World War was really the last time that there was a war that impacted everybody in the united kingdom and so as you're as as we're moving on those connections to a sort of an actual experience are 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 moving into into history and so actually where they were handed on within the family and that sort of memory and that reason for going and having a remembrance moment and that person that you knew or that your parents knew Mm -hmm. and that immediate connection is is weakening so now people are looking and so then the parents have a less strong connection to it so they're looking at schools and education to help to so I think nobody questions that we should have this amazing remembrance moment and take this moment of in a way national unity it is one of those moments that sort of identifies us and brings people together and the beauty of the two minute silence is that it doesn't matter what you do or what you think. You know, your thoughts are your own and, and that is your freedom and your personal. And I always find it extraordinary how emotional it makes me, particularly in a group setting. And that's sort of, it's that slightly undefined, isn't it? The hairs on the back of your neck. And I don't quite know why, but it is, it is very we powerful.
1: We come together. I mean, I think everyone says it's a very British thing. We come together at times of adversity. I think it's a human nature thing. The time I saw it was when I was working and we had a training day, which happened to fall on the Saturday, which was the 11th of November, and I was doing the timetable and I put our break from 5 to 11 to 10 past 11, because I was like, I don't care if everyone wants to do it or not, but people should have the opportunity to do their silence if they want to. So I basically just said at the end of the presentation thing that we're doing, I was like, if anyone wants to do the silence, we're going into this room to do it. And I expected two or three out of the 50 people. We had 45 people. And I was like, OK, I wasn't prepared. I felt emotional. And I don't think most people went in that day planning to do it, but it's giving them the
0: opportunity, yeah, to, to give them the chance to do it. The, um, I think the last one I went to was for the Grenfell Tower, and I was in the National Archives doing, like, stuff, which is silent anyway. People look at you you cough. Um, And they did the announcement saying we'll be doing this if you want to join in, please do it. And it got even more silent. I'm not quite sure how, but everybody did it. Just put down their pens and their pencils and just sat there for two minutes. And I don't know how a silent room could get even more silent. but You could just feel everybody just stop and sit there for a bit. And then it carried on again. But it was really
2: bizarre. I was getting my passport sorted and they were holding the two minute silence after the Manchester bombing. And it was suddenly like, just an announcement, and it was incredibly and you was it, I don't know if it's partly because you're caught unawares with, with that particular one that although it had happened earlier in the week suddenly you were and that one was very sort of front of mind and 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 a very distressing tragedy and and they the young particularly with the young people involved and but it is a very powerful thing, and I also think and I kind of wonder about society as it is now and we're so busy we're so busy all the time we're on a device we're listening to something so actually we rarely stop we rarely stop and just be and and so there is something just in that it's not something we're as used to as it's extraordinary isn't it that something as simple as you know you you need nothing to do it to you to stand still and be silent for two minutes can be so powerful Um. and so sort of connecting
1: Part of it is the knowing that everyone else is, yeah, you don't know what their thoughts are, but everyone else is doing at least the minimum of being silent for those two minutes together, mm. and it's that unity of that, yeah. and yeah, whilst, whilst you don't know what people are thinking about in those two minutes, it's that respect for the silence. And it's one of the few
0: times that you see people just not on their phones. Even have you seen the the new things they've opened at the Imperial War? The, uh, I was, the recording of the silence. I was there on
2: Thursday oh, for yeah. the opening, and the recordings were amazing. But I was particularly blown away with the. Did you see the Hall of Remembrance? which oh, yeah. uh, and then they have got a sort of kind of this digital interpretation of the two minute silence, which is it's like kind of the sense. Time and these silhouettes of soldiers in the sun, and it was just—it was very um, mesmerising, you know yeah. and um, quite extraordinary. But yes. it's really worth, really worth going to see. Um, and they had four different exhibitions. and Yeah, no, amazing. And and it is, isn't it? It's how we move in the same way that you were talking about earlier—that you know, it's a cycle in warfare, and there's a cycle in the sort of needs of of people. But how we how we move to make remembrance. Connect for people and, and relevant for people, which is part of the the reason. Thank you came out of uh, out of a need or a want, I suppose, to at the start of the centenary celebrations in 2014. Um, there was an incredible exhibition, and an incredible coming together of people, and an expression of that loss of of a generation and the poppies in the poppies in the moat, which was extraordinary and uh, and I think an incredibly powerful national moment you know those images are iconic and recognizable and people you know were talking about it wherever they were and the amount of people that came to see it and that's it was extraordinary I mean Uh,
1: rain couldn't people I came on a pretty miserable rainy day and it was still packed
0: I went with colleagues at dawn. We got there as the sun was coming up together before everyone was coming, and people were spending like two hours to get into London to all meet together and go and see it.
2: But people have their story, don't yeah, they? Everyone, do they? it's yeah. a sort yeah. of you know it.
0: Everyone remembers it. They know. A it bit, the bit like the
2: nine eleven. You know, you yeah. know where you were and what you did or how you got to go and see it, and it had that mm-hmm. that sort of impact, pretty mm-hmm. for different reasons. But but it really did, and 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 there was very much a feeling the nation wanted to come together. People wanted to come together, and. Uh, and there is something in that with remembrance, isn't it? It's about not being alone. Yeah. And, and and you're doing it collectively somehow. Yeah. But about that, isn't I think so, I think so. And again it's that community, isn't it, which is so different today yeah. to how it was, mm-hmm. you know, a hundred years ago. And, and and at the start of the centenary it was very much about marking the loss of life and the loss of that generation. And I think coming to the end of the the centenary and the end of that that period. Um, It was not just reflecting on that sacrifice, but the service and also some of those untold stories and that without that whole, we wouldn't have the life that we have today. And, you know, the incredible groundbreaking social change and the sort of timeless works of art and culture and pioneering innovation that came about from a whole generation. It includes the armed Forces, but it is also about the women, the children, those that are at home. Yeah. It's about the Commonwealth and what they gave, not just and I, but you know, men to serve and to assist, but they gave of what they had, you know, resources, money, just extraordinary stories, and and that they supported Britain. In that hour of need, you know, the cotton that was made for the the wings of the aeroplanes came from the Caribbean. You know, it, and it's just so there are so many stories and so much that came from that Commonwealth community in so many ways. And it's it's acknowledging all of those contributions and acknowledging that everybody in the UK today really has their own personal. First World War story and, and reason to be thank you which may be, as we were talking about earlier you know, a direct descendant and, and that sacrifice but it may be as simple as us being three women sitting here you know, Universal suffrage in 1928 came about because of that First World War and that generation and there was no, there was no putting a lid back on that after that and so we, we gained a sort of an equality which changed the, the social world that we live in
1: I think I think it's it's so easy for us to dwell on the negatives of the war, but like I said, there was I don't know if we call them polit- positives, but there were definite developments that have brought us to where we are, and it's I guess it probably would have happened at some point, but would it have happened so quickly in the way that it did? I mean, we, we it's all the what ifs of the world. Would would we have more equality nowadays, and um, whether that's race or gender or, or anything would we have the medical technologies that we have now and um, I think medical technologies comes to mind because that's, that's what we do yeah. so But yeah. and, and, <laughs> and of course
2: there were huge advances in medical technologies mm-hmm. during the first world war opening I mean the blood bank is an extraordinary one and that, that transformed so much, didn't it? Well, I was yeah. we
0: went to the Wounded Exhibition yeah. at the Science Museum, um, which was First World War, and then kind of Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, medical care. And we were going through going with blood banks and x-rays and paramedics, kind of um, what are they called military medics. Combat, Combat medics. medics. Yeah. <laughs> Everything comes back to the First World War. It was the scale, wasn't it? Yes. Well, and
2: even, you know, nurses and yeah. on the front line, that was new.
0: Yeah, having female doctors on the front. There weren't many, but there were a couple. No, no, no.
2: And then, yeah. surge- and then the rehabilitation, which is yeah. obviously a huge part of what you yeah. do, and mm-hmm. reconstructive surgery. Yeah, I mean, they, they all have their um, sort of the embryonic first steps, really, weren't they? From
1: yeah, they really were. It's, it's incredible to, to see, and, and I think that is such a way we can make it relevant to people, that actually, if you were told you weren't allowed to vote what would you do and people that are like, don't vote anyway but it's it's not the whether you vote or not it's whether you have the choice to exercise your right to to vote or not and the um, you know the
2: choices over your body and all sorts yeah, of
1: yeah so I feel like World War One was when women started it being acceptable for them to wear trousers because they were now doing the, the men's jobs so they could dress like them whereas before I've, I think it was around, what well, I feel like it was around World War One that that was when. Yes, it was. It was that shift because um, I think they, they started working in the factories, yeah, like doing too, things, and they. you
2: can't do it in a skirt. The, literally, the groundbreaking social change yeah. because that fabric had been shifted, and then because the women were sent back to the home, but you couldn't put that all back in the in the box in the same way. Yeah. And you know, the children were involved in doing all sorts of things. There's some incredible stories of the guides running messages for. M I five up and down the river <laughs> and things that like that. <laughs> I, I like Brilliant. that bit of history.
0: Yeah. They were better than the scouts though. Yes, the, the guys were more trustworthy and better yes. remembering than the scouts were.
2: When the scouts so, yeah. chatted too much and um but you know, all <laughs> the and, but the education age was raised yeah. at mm-hmm. the end of the floor in nineteen eighteen, so you know, there was benefits to education across the board then. And that's what makes a big difference, isn't it? it was the social...
0: Something like seeing your mum going out to work is probably going to change your expectations if you're a child at that point, you stayed in school longer. Yeah. You've seen your mum being able to do all these things. I, I mean, mean if you're not going to... They, again, you say you're not going to be able to pay everything back. You're going to expect the same things your parents had.
2: But I suppose we're still quite privileged in this country. Yes. So yeah, to. and
1: I think that was the, the learning curve of us, of growing up, but I think it comes back to the you expect what you grow up with and if you don't expect that your mum's going to be out or allowed to do things other than look after you and cook, then... then
2: Well, it's your norms, isn't it? So it becomes your baseline, so... Do you have any other questions? So I was
1: thinking that, is there anything else that you would like to add that you think...
2: I don't think so. We've talked about the themes of thank you, we've talked about why we're doing thank you, we've talked about that, you know shining light on those less told stories and the fact that everybody had a contribution and I think that was that's really the kind yep. of key. And key that they rebuilt a society and that we have that to thank them for today. So so much in our lives today. And that's that's really That's
0: it. the key to us. Because, uh,
1: that's the point. That's what we're doing. Yeah. yeah and is there anything you can tell us a bit
2: more about why festival of remembrance became a thing? So The Royal British Legion uh, will be 100 in 1921 and was an amalgamation of um, some charities at the end of the First World War. The first Festival of Remembrance, I think, at the the Albert Hall, we, we would have to check this, was 1928. Is that right? No, I don't think that's right. I think... Sorry, that was that was one question I was like... No, 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 no. I, I think, you know what, I'll have to send you this because there is a narrative, and if I say it wrong, but it, it, it was basically, I think King George came and there's a walk where the Cenotaph is now and everyone gathered almost sort of organically and then the festival became a sort of sing-song on the Saturday night leading to the Cenotaph and then it sort of evolved into being oh. so the two things kind of basically it was organically out of the end of the First World War and that need to so along with the, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. So it's all kind of connected. I feel
1: like that makes it more special.
2: In terms of what we were talking about, the groundbreaking social change, mm-hmm. it is that thing that this sort of, it partly came from the ground up, but it was also, mm-hmm. as as is true of the, the Tomb of the Unknown Warrior, it was the representation of of the man and the soldier, not the general, and, and that, that sort of loss and, and that scale of loss I think was so devastating across the country that yeah,
1: yeah.
2: it couldn't be unacknowledged. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And so how can people watch, if they, if they can't get tickets to go to the festival? So it's live see? on
2: BBC, almost okay. live on BBC One, so it, it will be broadcast on the evening of Saturday the 10th of November transmission time should be live by um, on all but it'll be about 8.30 or 9 o'clock on BBC One and then obviously available on BBC iPlayer and they do an hour um, of the festival on BBC Radio 2 as well which is broadcast the same evening but you can check all the schedules for the latest information and then the Cenotaph is also broadcast live on I think it's usually Radio 4 on BBC One on the Sunday
0: Okay well thank you very much for talking to us
2: It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank
0: you.